0: On this episode of The Playbook, I have Doug Palandini, the global brand president at Vans, one of my favorite companies. I still have my pair from the ninth grade. They're green and purple. My wife said I'm a hoarder, but we proved her wrong because they're more popular than ever. But we're going to talk about how we are open to anyone, but not for everyone. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook. Where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I have an entrepreneur for you today, one of my favorite companies in the world with my favorite people in the world, Doug Palandini. He is the global brand president at Vans. Welcome to The Playbook.
1: Dave, thanks so much for having me.
0: So I was reading where you were born, which is ironic because you were born in Bloomington, Illinois, and I'm in Bloomington, Indiana uh, right now. Uh, But you also went to school right down the street from me. I went to Patrick Henry High School. So you're an Aztec uh, less than a mile, less than a mile away. When you were at at San Diego State, which is a very entrepreneurial school, you know, what was your vision of your future uh, when you were there in the 80s?
1: Oh, you mean other than just to surf as much as I possibly could
0: that's good by me exactly <laughs> I, I, I probably did you didn't, you didn't uh, mind the, the girls there either that no, came along I, with the I
1: grew up in the I grew up in the epicenter of action sports and surfing and skateboarding were what really inspired me and when I chose what college I was going to it that was directly related I'm not gonna lie so it was a lifestyle decision and it has been ever since so it's it, it was really the connection to action sports that that drove me and being around so many amazing surfers and skateboarders. It was a little early for snowboarding. Still that came later um, was just great. San Diego State was right in the middle of that.
0: Yeah, I always say, you, you know, when we're aging ourselves, uh, when we talk about San Diego State getting was easy to get into. It's harder to get out of. It took five or six years for most people, but it was easy to get into. And nowadays, you know, I was talking about my my three teenage daughters and they're like, well, you know, it's not my safety school at all, dad. This is, it's super competitive. So we all, uh, progress is in our fortune when it comes to that school. But more importantly, there is a lot around action sports. And in Southern California, especially, we've seen a variety of different businesses that have thrived uh, that really were more the true lifestyle business of Southern California. And I think Vans to me is one of those companies that has just extended and accelerated their brand beyond just being a cool surf brand or a cool skateboard brand. Uh, It is a full lifestyle brand. It's a multi-billion dollar business and it's growing immensely. What do you think frequency or energy wise, it is about that Vans brand that carries through generations, through demographics, through race, religion, you know, it's an homogenous being in itself that everybody bonds through and to.
1: It's all about organic connections. And that started in 1966 when Paul Van Dorn opened the doors to the first fans factory and little retail store out in front in Anaheim, right in the shadow of Disneyland. Um, Paul didn't know what skateboarding was in 1966, but it was this, uh, It was this little group of skaters who were mainly surfers in Venice, California, in an area that we call Dogtown, that started wearing vans on their own. And um, they would go skateboarding when there was no waves, which in Venice happens a lot, and and adopted vans because the property, the bottom, um, the properties of the bottom unit of the shoe, the vulcanized rubber, works so well um, with skateboards they really stuck to the bottom of the shoe. Uh, the bottom of the shoe really stuck to the board and that mattered to them. And so they started coming to our store um, there by Dogtown, Santa Monica, with w- asking for one shoe at a time. And the the manager of the store would say, well, sure, yeah, okay, fine. And you can have one shoe at a time, but why? And so they took her out front and they showed how they were using their foot as a brake on the skateboard. And so whatever foot you're dragging, to slow yourself down wore out much faster. And so she told that story to the Van Doren family and they figured it out and they're like, okay, skateboarding, this is really cool. The Dogtown's team, the Zephyr skateboarding team started performing, all wearing Vans um, and skating in events back in the early seventies. And that's, that's it. And then from there, musicians um, like um, like Ian MacKay and Henry Rollins out in the Washington D.C. area were really into skateboarding, and when they started bands, they were all wearing Vans, and so they were so influential that other musicians said, "Oh, they're wearing Vans." Okay, that was another organic connection, and then people, then the artists saw the musicians, and then the people in fashion saw the artists, and so it's bit. There's no master plan, David. I guess is the myth to dispel. Um, it's really a series of these organic connections that have led us to where we were. And I think that speaks to the sincerity and the authenticity of the brand, because we didn't manufacture this or make it up or hire an agency to do it. It just happened. And now we benefit so much from those 55 years of legacy.
0: And your career has been the same way. I know you know, a lot of these stories in history that you know, you actually wrote a book uh, you know, about 12 years ago, I think 2009, with the off-the-wall stories uh, of the sales from the van originals and, you know, the pictures and the stories and the history, but also your own career. You know, I always look back at myself, you know, from being in technology and, and running Samsung's phone division to somehow ending up CEO of the most notable sports agency and then moving on to these, you know, media side. You yourself are an executive producer of documentaries and films, and you seem to have a very open mind keeping your options open to a variety of curious, creative things. Uh, where did that stem from? And you know, is that part of your personal genre and the
1: company's genre? Two different things. I would say that ever since I was little, I've had a high degree of intellectual curiosity where I just always viewed knowledge as power, as something that I wanted to have more of, no matter what it is. So in some cases, I know a little bit about a lot of things. Uh, And there's a few cases where I know a lot about a lot of things, Um, but in our world, you have to have an open mind and you have to look at channeling energy from a lot of different sources. And I would say one place where some action sports brands have gotten into trouble in the past decade is by not doing that. It's been so introspective. It's been so inward looking. There's such a myopia or, you know, we talk a lot in our world about breathing one another's fumes. It's like, you're rad, no, you're rad, no, you're rad. And it becomes this backslapping exercise. And I think what that created was not enough oxygen in action sports. And so we have really tried to learn from that. And we have really opened ourselves up in the aperture of our lens up significantly, where we can take in interesting learnings from the automotive sector or consumer package goods or wellness. It doesn't matter if it's a good insight, we can think about how to apply it to what we do which is to make shoes and clothes. Um, But I I think you have to open yourself up to what's happening. The other thing I think is you have to have a growth mindset. You have to say, okay, in order for us to continue to evolve, to progress, to not get pigeonholed or be known for any one thing, we have to have a growth mindset and be able to see where these opportunities are. Now, if you have the right discipline and you have the right guardrails around what you wanna be, then I think those growth, that growth mindset you can really lean into and really allow your yourself and your brand to evolve.
0: And you know, that corporate brand and personal brand have evolved. And I'm from Southern California. Your reputation is one of humility and, and you know what I, I would say there's two types of people ignorant people and ignorant people. There's ignorant, arrogant people that think they know everything and walk around with great hubris from success. And then there's the ignorant, humble people. They know they don't know what they don't know, but they're intelligent followers. And they're seeking the light, the love, and the lessons in all types of activity, personal and professional uh, and philanthropic. And I see you personally and leading the way as an intelligent follower through your company, doing the exact same thing. How important is humility, uh, especially as you succeed more and more personally and as a company?
1: Uh, paramount. I can't think of a, I can't think of a more important uh, trait to characterize your leadership. If you're, if you're thinking about yourself and not about how to make the people around you better, I think you're missing the point of leadership from where I sit, to be honest with you. Um, And, and I think that, I think that it's always easy if you look to find People who are smarter than you to learn from. Um, I just got done reading this book by Adam Grant called Think Again that I would recommend to your followers as well. It's outstanding. Adam Grant, I would follow him everywhere his podcasts, I would follow him. I get his daily email, everything you can because he's so freaking smart. And as, if again, to back to that intellectual curiosity thing, David, if you're outside looking, And interested in other things, you're just going to be surrounded by proof that there are people way smarter than you out there, (laughs) right? Right. If you're only listening to an inward looking group of people who are there to tell you how great you are, you know, you're, you're, you're insulating yourself into a false reality. Um, And that's where I've seen leaders go astray. So I try very much to stay grounded. I'm very keenly aware of all the people in the world who know more than I do, and I appreciate them. And and so that student mindset, um, never an expert, always a student is, I think, a critical part of that.
0: And you live that and your reputation precedes you with that. Beyond that, too, is the importance in our communities of small business. Um, And many entrepreneurs are starting small business, but also the importance of intrapreneurship. You know, I uh, become a big fan of not only helping startups in entrepreneurship and small business. I know you created the uh, or helped launch the Foot the Bill program, which supports you know hundreds of small businesses and uh, has committed millions of dollars to that program. But more importantly, you also have supported the entrepreneurs. Um, and we're in an interesting time because of COVID where You know, the only reason people didn't want to or wanted to be an entrepreneur was the freedom component. Well, now there's been this hybrid of we offer a lot more freedom working for companies like Van than we ever have, but yet you still have the security of a salary or commission or even equity um, and most importantly nowadays benefits. (laughs) And so, you know, supporting both of those causes uh, are or seem to be important how do you reconcile the support of the small business, but also while you're promoting the entrepreneur, the entrepreneurship that Vans offers?
1: Yeah. When, when, um, when the pandemic hit, you know, when you look into the abyss, that's when you really see who you are as a human being and as a brand. And I think we did that. We had that incredible introspection and said, okay, what is our, what is our place here? Um, we, we understood it, that we needed to lead with empathy and that we need to set aside our transactional nature of being a business and um, just recognize that we're all human for a minute. And there are several cohorts that that related to. The first was the Vans family, that's our employees. And what we told them, David, was we are gonna embrace flexibility. You, we cannot control what happens with this crazy pandemic, but we can allow you to do what you need to do to support yourself and your family in this difficult time. So you do you. We'll figure out how to make the business run, but that has to be first and foremost, okay? Don't get put in a position where you feel like you're being dictated to how you need to respond. You do what's important to you and your family. We said the same thing to the people who work in our distribution centers and our retail stores as well, which I think is a very important cohort. We continued to pay all of our retail employees while the stores were closed because that's critical. A lot of them are hourly employees and um, and they are just as important to us as our full-time employees who work in our offices. And we wanted them to know the same thing. The people in our distribution centers, we went to Crazy lengths to ensure their safety and to make sure we know how appreciative we were of them showing up to work so that we could at least keep the lights on in our e commerce business. And then finally, we had this incredible cohort of retail partners. And these are people, honestly, Dave, some of them who have supported MANs as long as they've had a store, some of them as long as we've been in business. And, and they were facing a very difficult reality. Um, for a lot of these retailers, rent is their single biggest uh, nut of the month and landlords weren't giving them any relief. They didn't have a, a people coming in the door buying stuff. And so we said, okay, what can we do? And that's where foot the bill came from. Create a shoe on our customs engine, we'll sell it for you and we'll give you the proceeds. It, it's not that, you know, Dave, it's not that we were writing million dollar checks because we weren't, they weren't that big. You know, we, there were thousands or $10,000 checks. It was more like, Let's do our part to show that we sincerely care about these people, that we recognize what they're going through, and that we remember all the times that that we had were a tough go, and they continue to support our brand. And I think it's just the humanity throughout all those examples that we're that we're incredibly proud of um, at Vans.
0: Yeah, there's certainly a purpose-based culture that you've built and the sincerity. Uh, to give meaning to what you see, and by standing behind that meaning, by taking action. Um, but there's also an overused term of, you know, being genuine or authentic, and it's almost become cliche. You're uh, certainly an expert in branding over the years from Snowboarder Magazine, when I remember you there, and a variety of other places. You, you get traditional marketing. Um, but I think, you know, I talked about frequency earlier before we got on here about Understanding what that frequency is. You know, I, I read a quote, it either came from you or the company, we're open to anyone, but not everyone. And I found this quote to be extremely sincere, genuine, and authentic by my criteria, which is frequency. That carries a, a different frequency that was going to resonate with certain people. I was hoping that you could interpret that frequency for us about we're open to anyone, but not everyone, or not for. Yeah,
1: We're open to anyone, but not for everyone, and I did not make that up. Um, It came from, I believe, somebody in our footwear team, but I I stole it and have stuck with with it for a long time now. Um, um, And what it means at Vans is that ubiquity is not our objective. We do not seek to be all things to all people, but what we are is inclusive. So David, when we meet you for the first time, we welcome you into our family. We tell you about our purpose of enabling creative expression and what that means to us, the pil- our cultural pillars of art and music and action sports and street culture. And then from there, we encourage you to decide whether Vans is the right brand for you. And if you share that state of mind, we welcome you to be a part of our family for the rest of your life. And we will repay that loyalty at every possible turn. But if it's not a brand for you, if you need rules and coaches and teams and referees and maybe Vans isn't the best brand for you. And we're cool with that because we do not need to be all things to all people to be successful. So it's about that inclusivity at the top when we meet you at first, no matter where you come from or what you believe in or what color you are, what language you speak, you're welcome to be a part of man's. But not everybody is going to be a fan and we have to be okay with that. We can't be led around by every single little trend that happens. Um, We have to stick to who we are and invite people who have that common set of beliefs who share that ethos to join our family. That's really what that means.
0: And whoever came up with that, I, I would steal it as well. I, I stole from Lee Steinberg. Be kind to my future self. I, I've added do good deeds, but I certainly understand that frequency and, and have seen it and been part of it myself. I um, you know, w- was thinking you I actually call this episode the I told you so to my wife episode who also I grew up in Del Cerro, and I've had the same pair of green and purple Vans since the ninth grade. And she's called me a hoarder uh, for almost 40 years, I think, (laughs) because I've saved this pair. And uh, thank you for making me right, because it is for me. And, you know, growing up in South Mission Beach and uh, understanding the culture before anybody really knew Uh, what Vans were, uh, you know, certainly is a part of my life and a a great memory and an identification for so many. Um, Thank you for supporting the small businesses. Thank you for all that you do. Doug Palandini, thank you for your playbook. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes.
1: This is Dave Meltzer, with the playbook.